Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. And welcome to episode 345 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. It's the last episode of the year of 2021. Well, that is an accomplishment. I mean, like we did it. Here we are. It's something. We don't really take breaks or hiatuses, if that is the plural of that word. Hiatuses. Hiatai. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're loopy friends. Um, It's the end of the year. It is the week between Christmas and New Year's if you are listening to this when it comes out. And that is often um, kind of a cozy week, a reflective week. Um, It can maybe you're traveling and things are busy. But I know for me this year, it will likely be pretty low key. How about you this year, the week between Christmas and New Year's? Well, it's I mean, I always find it almost a little just what's the word I'm looking for? Not disjointed, a little jarring when Christmas falls on a weekend. Mm, Like somehow I feel cheated out of the weekend. And it's so silly. Like the length of the break is exactly the same, no matter what. It's just that it's spaced out differently, but I almost kind of prefer it when the break happens and then you have like three days until Christmas. And then you have this long extension on the other side. Um, or when it's, closer to Christmas, but then you have a long extension after New Year's. And when it happens that it's like the the weekends hold the holidays. Yes. I just feel like that week feels like it's like I'm trying to cram too much in or something. So I don't think it's going to be quite as cozy as I would like. I think um, I doubt again, like we're having our extended family holiday get together again this year. We didn't have it last year, but we're re, you know, re uh, animating <laughs> And we're bringing reviving that back, it. reviving that this year. And so that's going to happen. And that will be um, starting today. At, like if you're listening to this today. So, so a couple cozy days and then a lot of like family kind of semi cozy family get together, but not like a typical day, just hanging with your family. So how about right. you? 
Yeah, we're we're around. We're not traveling. We decided to do a little staycation on the 30th and 31st at a local resort because we had some hotel points. So that will be fun. So we'll ha- we have some benchmarks in the calendar, but it is often um, a week where I I like work a little bit. Brian mm. works a little bit. We kind of trade off working. But how this episode topic came to mind is you and I are both in a stage of life now where let's say you are presented with a whole day or two or three days, a long weekend where there's not a whole lot on the schedule. You're not traveling. Maybe you don't have visitors. Could be in the winter, could be another time of year. That is like what I would define as like, ooh, like a nice like at home weekend. And what's so funny is like before I had kids, I loved a good at home weekend or even just a whole day to just be at home. And then children happen and (laughs) it gets very different. And I'm sure those of you listening who have really little kids, if we say, oh, we have no plans on the calendar, just like a cozy week at home, you're like, yeah, but there's still two, like there's still one and three. Right. And that just changes things so much. And then you get to where we are now, Megan, with older kids and teenagers, and it it looks different again. So I think today we're going to look at this idea of like, what does it mean to have a leisurely family day at home? And we are we are framing this with family, not not like if you had a whole day to yourself by right. yourself in your house. That would be different in, and glorious in its own way. But if the family's all hanging around and nobody's got soccer practice and nobody's got school and nobody's got work, what does that look like at different stages of life? And what are some of the challenges? And then what are some of the fun things that start to happen as your kids get a little bit older? So Hopefully this finds you having a cozy week at home, or if not, maybe, you know, come February, President's Day weekend or something, you've got an at-home cozy weekend, um, and that's what we're talking about today. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy, so this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. 
All of our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Megan. So briefly, I thought we should each describe how a at-home weekend looked for us before we had kids, especially if it were cozy. And I'll go first because surprising no one, before I had children, an at-home weekend would have been very kind of productive and puttery, but productive in like a self-directed way where when I wanted to lie down and read a book or take a nap, I could do that too. So I get a lot of satisfaction out of being at home and doing projects at home and even cleaning, but when only when they're done, like according to my own timeline and my own energy patterns at my own pace and like maybe a good podcast on, or I remember when we were early married, I would put on these terrible true crime, like TV shows. Like, I don't know if it was like <laughs> Dateline or they'd be on TV. Cause I don't think they were recorded. And I would put those on in the background and then just putter around my house and, and organize and clean. And that was actually very cozy for me. Um, also before kids, there would have always been sports on TV. I mean, football and baseball, if you are a super fan, there are only like two months of the year, right? Basically from like February, the second week of February to like, that's it. No, it's only yeah, like a month. I was going to say, I, th- I feel like it's even less than that. Yeah. Cause we have spring training and spring training baseball was always on TV in Arizona. So really it was football or baseball 11 and a half months out of the year. And Brian and I would have been each kind of doing our own thing, like puttering around the house. Maybe we'd play a card game or play cribbage. We might like watch a bunch of episodes of something, uh, maybe take a nap. So that was how it looked before kids for me. But you became a mom quite young, so I'm guessing it'll be different for you. So, yeah, I was essentially a kid before I had kids. And so it would have really looked like college life. It would have been like lying around watching a movie or reading or like maybe playing cards with my friends or whatever. I didn't have a lot of space. So I wasn't working on home projects yet. I was either living, you know, I think, um, before I had Jacob for a brief period of time lived in an apartment, but before that it was like dorms and like roommate situations. So it wasn't like I had a lot of space of my own or even a place where I would do things, you know, like I wasn't decorating or cleaning floors, a a bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I wasn't yet at the stage of life where I was like sitting around drinking mimosas. It was, (laughs) it just wasn't, I wasn't really in a adulthood the way we think of adulthood now. Um, but here's what I think is an actually an interesting twist because I'm a divorced mom who has a boyfriend that I spend a lot of time with without kids. It's almost like now we have that life that I imagine other people who start their families later would have had in their twenties. Because right. when we're hanging out like on a weekend or something and when neither one of us have our kids, it's a lot of like he's off doing his thing. Maybe he's out working in the yard and I'm like sitting on his couch, like reading or kind of working on my computer. Maybe there's like household projects we're working on. It's not my house, but I'll help with stuff mm-hmm. if necessary. And then we'll kind of put a movie on and just have it on. And whether mm-hmm. I'm half the time, I'm not even paying attention um, to the movie. I'm like you know, knitting or not knitting, embroidering or like reading or whatever. But it's like, there's just this, it's so quiet. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me 
of like what life pre kids would have been like had I not been a kid when I had kids. So yeah, yeah. I'm getting it like a, later in life. It's kind of yeah, fun. That's a great point. And to your point about drinking mimosas, I, I was, I was 27 when I got pregnant, 25 when I got married, I was still fairly young, but I know we have listeners who didn't settle down like that in the traditional, like partner up, have kids until much later, late thirties, even. So I'm thinking that those people are reflecting on pre-kid cozy weekends that looked even more different than mine. So it really does. The timing of when you had kids, I think probably is a big factor here. And I will say there are a lot of mimosas in my, in my Saturday. uh, Right. Right. Cozy home mimosas. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's talk about the arrival of babies and small children to this cozy life. Um, So I guess my questions are when you did have babies and really little kids, would would looking at the calendar and realizing there was like this upcoming cozy week at home, would that have even looked or felt much different than your normal mom life, first of all? And second of all, would you have looked forward to it or or maybe dreaded it? And what are some of the changes that were kind of hardest for you when you tried to have a cozy at home time, but you had a couple babies? Yeah. So I think, again, going in with very little expectation for what a cozy at home time might look like meant that some of those I didn't have a chance to set expectations that weren't met. But when I really look back and think about it, especially when the oldest two were um, babies, you know, baby toddlers. And then when even when Will came along, like about 75 percent of my life was basically cozy days at home anyway. And there was a Mm -hmm. brief time in there that I was actually working outside of the home. And that was like such a night and day difference. It's hard to even like, like if you've ever, you know, worked outside of the home with little children, as you have Sarah and a lot of our listeners have, you know, that they're, it it is so different Mm -hmm. for better and for worse. Like there's something great about having to get moving and get dressed and get out the door in the morning. And then there's also something great about not having to do that. And Mm -hmm. so, um, my life was basically the not having to do that, which meant that I was trying to like, create structure around lack of structure. Um, we didn't have a lot of plans. Like sometimes we'd have, you know, one class to go to, or I take the kids and go to the gym or something like that. But it was very free form, free floating. Even our, like, you know, there was nap time. That was like one kind of milestone during the day to kind of set the day around. And then like, I guess eating, I don't really remember there being a lot of other built in structure. And I have this funny memory of like, when we're talking about literally cozy, cozy memories of mm-hmm. living in this really cool apartment that was a, like the top half of this amazing um, old house, like a period, maybe mm-hmm. 1890s, 1880s home. And we basically rode one February out with like the heat cranked all the way up because Isaac didn't like to wear clothes. So he was like in his diaper. Jacob would be like in his underwear. I'm walking around like in a nightshirt. So like not even in like the kind of nightshirt that just comes to like your thighs. You know what I mean? And then we got the heat bill and I was like, oh, hmm. That was cozy. Yeah, it was cozy and short lived. But like, it was truly just kind of like cozy chaos in a way. And then even later when I was like freelancing, I could work whenever I wanted. The days, the hours, the weekdays, the weekends, they were just one big blur. And when I look back at that now, there's something in it so nostalgic to me but also I have to remember how maddening and stifling it could be. It was like yeah. both. It was the best and the worst because there was something so great about just lying around basically with the kids. I'd have my laptop in my lap. 
I'd work when I could. I'd snuggle them. I'd be nursing someone half the time. Like it was just, it was so like home oriented and puttery yeah, all the time. But sometimes I wanted to just like climb the walls. Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of definition between when I was on duty, like Mm -hmm. either working actively or actively parenting and then a break. So I had a really hard time switching on and off. And that's just like, that's such a common mom thing. No matter what, whether you're working all week and then you come home and feel like you have to work all weekend at the house because you didn't get a chance to do it during the week or you're at home with the kids or working at home and there's no boundary either way. I just think moms tend to take on the lion's share of that, like feeling on. So I don't know. What about you? Well, yeah, we're going to that. That is definitely my experience. So we're going to get more into that for sure. But I, when I was thinking back, I was thinking, I think I did look forward to um, some kind of a long weekend or, or a vacation at home when I was in the little years because my husband, my co-parent, worked a lot and traveled a lot during those little years. So even though I was, for a lot of that time, the primary at-home parent, I kind of structured our weekdays. You know, I might have had one kid in preschool and we would go do a play group or do this or that. And partly that was because I was, you know, by myself a lot. And I, that helped me to have that structure. So let's say we had a three-day weekend coming up and no big plans. I think I would look forward to that as kind of um, a, a breaking up of a different kind of monotony, mm. first of all, and having another adult in the house, yes, which, was, which was a relief. The challenge, though, which is like the, the flip side of that same coin, was I was grateful to have my co-parent home with me. The challenge was, I think right away it became clear that my co-parent was better at finding his version of leisure and cozy home day with really little babies and toddlers around more naturally than I was able to. So I just have this memory. He dragged, and this is when we had like one, one-year-old, he dragged the high chair into the family room and put baseball on and put his feet up and just like kind of feed the baby snacks <laughs> and talk to her. And, and he was perfectly happy. It felt, it was like he found a way to adapt cozy at home time to having a one-year-old. And I had a much harder time with that. And I think a part of it was, like you said, as a mom, I felt pressure to keep doing all those same puttery household things that I had done pre-kids. Only, first of all, there were more of them because we had a one-year-old. And at that time, I was actually working outside the home. So weekends were kind of precious. And it wasn't, it was no longer on my own time frame. Like what made that feel cozy and puttery pre-kids was that I could sit down and read a book or take a nap if I wanted. I could put on like a terrible crime TV show if I wanted. And once kids are at home, it's they they need to eat. They need to take a nap. They need their diaper changed. And so the same activities, the same puttery home project activities felt less cozy and less fulfilling. So, yeah, it's not it's not like a criticism of my co-parent necessarily, but I felt like I had to identify or ask for like downtime, like, oh, boy, I'm really tired. I need to take a nap and then ask for permission, whereas he just took it. He just took yeah. his time and made it cozy and leisurely. And that is not a criticism. It's actually like he was better at that than I was. Well, it's like we've talked about multiple times on this show where I had the epiphany at one point and it took me a really long time. Like, I think I had five kids by this point. <laughs> Where when my now ex-husband wanted to go to the store, he just went to the store. Yeah. Like he didn't ask me permission. He didn't say, 
hey, can we set up the day? Like, and I would feel like I'd get up in the morning on a Saturday and be like, okay, so around 10, I'd like to go to the grocery store. And if it's okay, I'd like to get together with a friend for a cup of tea or something. Like, yeah, I mean, he would just go. And, yeah. and I, it's like, it, it's maddening to us as moms because we don't get it. But also there's something to learn there. Like we yeah. can also just take it, right? Like we, we don't, we don't feel like we're allowed, but we are allowed. We're adults. Yes, we we're are. We're deciders. Yeah, we, we are. And I think the reason I think it's interesting to start with what felt like leisure or cozy to us before kids is that even among the moms listening, there are probably some people whose idea of cozy translated better to having small children than others. And some of us are more wired to want to be by ourselves. Some mm -hmm. of us are, but I'm thinking of there, you know, there are probably those who walking and baking felt really good before having kids. And you might be able to find a way to work those things in, or being outside. Like I know a lot of families who just, they just incorporated their babies and toddlers into being out in the yard and working in the garden. And I'm not saying it's easy or that it's the same, but I, my particular cozy pursuits were not toddler friendly, put it that way. So. Yes. And that's like lying around watching the game, shoving snacks into your kid's mouth is very different from using your hands to do something. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like sewing yeah. or like art, you know, yeah. like there are things, there, there are things that people find leisurely that are truly something family friendly and other things that are leisurely that aren't. And they're both, they're both valuable things and important things, but just one is easier to adapt. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. 
They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, so Megan, let's talk about, um, I'm going to say like the preschool or even the, the elementary school age which was a real um, shift for our family in having cozy days at home, because I think we started to be able to find ways to hang out with our kids at home and our kids started to find ways to hang out with each other. So there was just, it was a lot less of like, who's got the baby and more like, Oh, we're all home and everybody's kind of got something they're puttering and they're doing. So I want to dig into this stage of life. I think a lot of our listeners are in this stage Um, and a couple of questions. So when you look back at that stage and maybe your kids were like 10 to one or whatever, because you have so many of them, what are some memories you have of cozy days at home with mostly school-aged kids? And then what are the actual activities that worked well for your family during that stage? So it's interesting because I have like two different ways to answer that question. One is like specific memories. And those are a little, uh, fewer and further between because it's not, it's almost like, again, that amalgam memory Mm -hmm. of like what that was like, the feel, the sense memory. And my sense memory of that time was that that was like mom prime time for me. I just loved life with Mm -hmm. older, like slightly older kids or some slightly older kids and, you know, still toddlers and babies at home. But like that feeling of like participants, not Mm -hmm. just like you said, take the baby or keep the baby out of the Drano or whatever, but like, (laughs) you know, actually involving family members in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a lot of baking and I'm talking simple baking. We were not doing, you know, like really hard stuff. I'm talking like making chocolate chip cookies or, um, cutting out, you know, circle, (laughs) circle Mm -hmm. canvases for the kids to decorate. That just felt so momish. It felt so cozy and nurturing to me. Like was such a good memory. I made a lot of Play-Doh. Um, I did a lot of setting my kids up for craft projects. Like they were constantly at the table that we had set up for that kind of stuff. And I would just get out the stuff and hand them like the glue sticks and the like hand them like three or four things. And then I let them do the craft. I didn't want to do the craft projects. I let them do that themselves. I wanted no part of that. So I almost felt like my job was to be creating this like cozy maker space um, where it was like a creative environment, like a little Montessori classroom. And everybody yeah. could just kind of go around and, and choose what they wanted to work on. And I don't remember it being very loud and chaotic. It just, it felt really good. And, and another part of that for me was making it feel cozy and homey. So I wanted to smell good. I wanted the music to be good music. Um, I was like tidying and puttering. I remember doing this thing. I did this for years, actually, where I would boil apple peels and cinnamon sticks like mm-hmm. on the stovetop just to make the house smell good. And I, I don't even remember like where I picked that up, but it would would just like peel apple, you know, kids don't like apple peels always. So I'd peel the apple peels off, throw them in a pot with a little bit of water and a cinnamon stick. And the house just smelled amazing. And I would do that from like September, you know, up to the holidays. It was like that, like the sense of place that I was trying to create. And that was what was like, that was the overall feeling. And then what we were actually doing was just kind of all doing our own things and then coming together to, you know, maybe play a board game or watch a movie together or whatever. It's hard to even remember exactly what was happening, 
it's more that I, what I remember is the feeling of it. I love it so much. And you did such a good job of describing that feeling that I love hearing that. So for me, when I look back at this stage, the very first thing that came to mind that clicked into place was siblings starting to play with each other. So even as young as like four and two, but definitely by like five and three or six and four, my older two were really good at playing together. They, they really always were. And it just felt like it opened up the ability for a day at home with the family. And I'm imagining Brian home too. And, you know, neither of us working. Um, it just opened up the possibilities for a day like that. Because if, if siblings don't play together, you've now got two kids to keep occupied, two kids to keep happy. And then when they're keeping each other happy, it's, it's, you know, a lot of options open up. So they would just play and play and play. And my memories, my sort of like amalgam memories involve a lot of forts and a lot of messes because when my kids play together, there would be big, big messes. So my memories are less of like a cozy craft table and more of like an entire room taken over by cushions and stuffed animals or like some kind of cross platform, like make believe (laughs) where there was like Legos, but there were also stuffed animals and trains. And, um, so like Polly pockets, perhaps something like like that, like every calico critters, everyone was invited, but this, this just extended make believe between the two of them. And then to, you know, the through line is that there would definitely be football or baseball on and house puttering. So it's almost like we got back to that ability to house putter only with big messes and kids playing in the background. Um, I remember I, I, because I do love to putter and organize, sometimes I'd find an organizing project that had almost like side benefits to little kids. So I might decide to go through the art cupboard and like get rid of all the, the crayons that were broken or whatever. And all of a sudden they'd discover some art supplies they hadn't seen in a while. And then that would lead to a project or I might go through board games and puzzles and they'd forget about one that we had. So it's almost like I'm, I'm remembering almost like taking apart our house from the inside out, but not with this, like, okay, we've got to get all these closets organized. It was, it happened much more in a much more satisfying and kind of organic way. And the kids were there Mm. and they were kind of they would come into our sphere and they would go out into their own sphere and then we'd clean up their mess and then we might find something to do. Um, we, you know, we might've, if we were home all day, we might've like made a little happy hour at like four o'clock and had a little grown up beverage and a kid beverage. We always put a movie on for them at five o'clock because we, we generally didn't have them watching a bunch of screens during the day. So then it was like five o'clock was like a, a movie for them and figure out dinner for us. So yeah, I have very cozy, cozy memories of those kind of at home days too. Um, and then just the activities that were ju- we went to again and again would have been things like puzzles, um, an audiobook combined with coloring, like those two things, my kids still mm. do that. Uh, Play-Doh, Lego, magnetiles, um, just, you know, the building stuff, the stuff that would get pulled out and then put away and pulled out and then put away. So it, it, those are happy memories for me too. Well, and I, I love that you're talking about this organiz, uh, the organizing projects because I feel like life with like young, not, not babes in arms, but like no. young, uh, independently mobile children and up really lends itself to those things because you have to be around them. You can't just, it's not like now where you can kind of just hide out in your room or whatever right. and, and they'll, they won't even probably miss you for a while. It's like you have to be present and around them, but you still need something to do. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's nice when it's something that benefits the family. So that's when my, like, 
my pantry was always really organized during yeah. that time. I remember just like taking things apart and putting them back together to make them work better because I, what else was I going to do with my, with my hands? I had to do something with my hands and like they, I had to be around them. So um, that was always very fun yeah. and kind of cozy too. That's a great point. And the other thing that occurs to me is when you're in that stage of life, uh, your kids go through phases much more quickly and you add new babies yeah. to the family. So didn't it feel like there was always like, it's like, oh gosh, we don't need the Duplos out anymore. We need the Legos. Like there was, somebody was always going through some um, like home organizational change right. like phase, whereas that happens less now that my kids are older. So it was nice. You're right. It was like a perfect integration of my desire to putter but to also be accessible and near to and sort of nurturing to my kids. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the challenges um, of this same age range. So when you have a bunch of kids of mixed ages in the house, it's not all baking projects and craft projects and closet reorganization. There are some challenges too. And I, I can go first on this. And the first, the challenge that I remember most is um, the third child who came along. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but I think my third child was particularly a homewrecker. We literally called her a homewrecker because she'd get mad and wreck stuff on purpose until she was, I don't know, seven to last. Um, month. Yeah, really seriously. <laughs> um, but for real, if you are, if you continue to have children, if you have more than say a couple of close closely spaced kids, there's going to be a baby or a toddler who almost sets you back to what I first described when I was talking about like, oh, like I, I want to be productive or I want to read a book, but there's like this one-year-old. So you may find yourself with older kids who play nicely together, but then there's a little caboose. And that was my situation. And that was challenging at times. Um, another challenge, I think, even as Violet got a little older and she was able to play in the sibling trio, a challenge for us was that the kids got to this middle place where they didn't need as much supervision. Um, they'd occasionally need help sorting out an argument or they'd get hungry, but, but really they'd play for like an hour or an hour and a half just on their own. And then Brian and I would get very happily into our own leisure, our own cozy time. And there was a little bit of this, like, whose turn is it? Or like, mm. I did, I, I did it. I'm, I'm not on duty. Like it's your turn. And a little bit of right. that thing that I think co-parents do where it's like, well, I've had them all week and you've been at work. Well, I've been at work all week and I want to watch the baseball game. Like right. I'm, being, yep. I'm being purposely cartoonish about it. No, but, but it's but it true is a though. Real, it's yeah. a real thing. And it's so funny because when the kids are higher needs, you don't have time to debate that. Like somebody needs you all the time. It's all hands on deck. It's zone defense, all the jokes about like man to man coverage. But as the kids got more independent, it's almost like we got more protective of our leisure time. And then it's like, oh, now someone's crying. What happened? Who's going to go right. check it out? And I, I think there was a little bit of tension there. We'd had just a taste of having some of that time back to ourselves. So then it was like, oh, yeah, you weren't just triaging yeah. anymore. And it yeah. wasn't everything wasn't urgent. Right. It's kind of like, oh, uh, well, who's turn? Like, does someone does anyone have to deal with it? Or who is it going to be? I totally remember that, like looking back and forth like yeah. that stony silence where like yeah. neither person will even twitch a muscle because they don't want to look like they're gonna right be the one who right. actually responds you know what I mean right. but then you're waiting for the other person to get up and jump up and do it and yeah right. and that could be like tension and that can also create some resentment honestly yes. mm -hmm. definitely definitely so how about you what were the challenges of the of that phase well um I would say until my kids were old enough to be more independent, 
like where I could leave, I can very much switch on a dime from feeling extremely happy and home, you know, homey and inside my four walls to feeling like I want to climb those walls, like that itchy, like I'm crawling out of my skin. I got to get out of here feeling. And, you know, when kids are really young, there's no way to scratch that itch without work or planning. Like you got to get a babysitter or line up your spouse to take over or you got to like bundle the kids all up and take them somewhere, right? Like with you. And that was not necessarily the vibe I was going for. I wanted it to feel cozy home for everybody else. I just wanted to be able to leave, (laughs) you know, and come back. I wanted to come back. I didn't want to be gone forever, but I wanted part of that experience to be opting in and out. Mm -hmm. And that's not a reality when you have small children, Um, especially when like, there's like, even when some of them are older, but the little ones are little enough, you can't just go. Uh, it did get so much better as they got older because, you know, by the time like Clara was like three, I could just be like, hey guys, I'm running out to the store. But there were many, many years in early motherhood that I just kind of forgot that was a thing. So I would find myself in the situation where it's like so cozy and we're all you know, just like in the bosom of family. And then I'm like, what? I got to get out of here yeah, like, right done. now. I got to go. I'm done. I got to go. And there's no way to go. And then that can take it from feeling homey and lovely to feeling like a prison, like very quickly for me. Um, and so that's the negatives. That's the shadow side. Yeah. Yeah. Of the positive homey me- memories. Yeah. I think that's really important to acknowledge. So I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because we have mostly talked about this stage of life as getting back to our, our own definition of a cozy day at home and a little bit of leisure time. I'm curious if true family togetherness leisure was much of a thing for you guys. And I'm thinking of things like you mentioned baking together, um, but with crafting, you said it was sort of like you set it up for them. I'm thinking of things like board games or maybe group video games or maybe the whole family. I don't know. What else does one do? Play charades. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Meh. If, um, yeah. Meh. Or a movie, like a movie all together. Yeah, a movie for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So was that, do you have memories of that, that true togetherness cozy time mm-hmm. as well? I think that the memories I have around the actual togetherness would be like, yes, watching movies. Did a lot of that when the kids were little board games to some extent. Although I always found that our family was fractured in who wanted to play the board games or We've talked, we did a whole episodes yeah. about board games, yeah. which board games I actually wanted to play with my kids at the age yeah. ranges they were at the time. So that was Ra- a, little, rage be a little sticky We've talked about rage, rage quitters. quitters. Yes. Or like games that are kind of above one kid's level, but like, you know, another yeah. kid looks, learns how to exploit their younger siblings, like all of that. But yeah, board games were definitely part of it. Um, I always found like midday walks. I mean, it's, it's leaving your house. It's technically not like homey cozy, but that always felt like if you had a day so leisurely that at any point you could just stroll around the block that always felt very leisurely to me or go out in the yard and toss a ball around, like things like that, that were completely unstructured. And I sometimes can have a hard time with those things because I feel like I get antsy. Like I'm like, okay, well, how much time am I going to spend, you know, tossing this ball back and forth? How much time am I going to spend um, running after the bicycle in the drive? Whatever it is, I, I sometimes can get a little antsy, but I, those days where it truly felt like there was nothing else to do. I felt like we could pack a lot of that in. So yeah, one good Saturday, you know, could do a lot about making me feel like the rest of the week, I could be a little more outwardly focused. So yeah. 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 Yeah, I I would say the same. And I would just remind everybody that you already spend probably quite a bit of time with your children and, and, and as a family. So car rides count and 
meals count. So um, I actually don't think there's any problem with the fact that our idea of a cozy weekend at home with the family doesn't mean we're doing something together the entire time. I just thought it was right. interesting that both of us didn't really talk about that as much. Right. Um, I, board games were hard for us. That was a hard one. Puzzles work well. Um, I would say that pairings of two or three family members going off to do things together seem to work well. An all five activity is likely probably eating a meal together. Um, yeah, or watch, I forgot watching, about meal or snacks. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing a lot of snacking. Yeah, yeah, or watching a show together. Um, that that would work well. And I know we're going to talk next about now that kids are really getting older. Um, but I guess I just wanted to bring it up because I think sometimes we have this romantic idea of. We're, we, we've got this week between Christmas and New Year's and nobody's got any plans and we're going to have so much family togetherness time. And just a reminder that family togetherness can also look like different family members pursuing rest and leisure in a yeah. way that suits them. And that actually is one of my favorite ways to be with people is to like know that everybody's kind of doing what makes them feel good. Somebody's reading, yeah. somebody's doing a puzzle. Somebody's playing a video game, but we're all in, we're, we're all sharing space together. So maybe just yeah. like lightening the pressure on all family activities. There's just not as many that suit most families of mixed ages. Yeah. And I, some of my very favorite memories of things like one kid at one end of the couch and me at the other end of the couch, sharing a blanket and yeah. then both reading, or even maybe like a kid on a, you know, uh game boy or something. And yeah. just like, we're cozy together, but we're not doing the same thing. I was just thinking the other day, I was watching one of those ridiculous holiday movies uh-huh. with um, the ones where like multiple generations get together in like a lodge or, you know, like a vacation home or something. Okay. And I can't remember which one this was, but they're all the same. Mm-hmm. There's like, they either have Diane Keaton or the okay. other actresses that look like Diane yeah. Keaton <laughs> in them. And this one, oh, this one had Steve Carell. Anyway, it doesn't matter there's all these families together in this house and every scene they're doing something like putting on a full staged production where they're like in costumes, like grandma, grandpa, (laughs) grandkids, uncles, aunts. And they're like putting on like, like they're putting on a talent show or like they're playing charades or they're doing some, you know, they're doing the New York times crosswords together, but like as a contest and I'm watching it thinking, who are these people? These people don't really exist. Do they, is this really a thing? So if that's your family, not to make light of your family, then that means you are the family that movies are written about. (laughs) And like, honestly, good for you. Like, I think that's amazing because there is always that part of me that's like, oh, I wish I had that. But I just think most of us aren't that family. And that's okay too. Like there's something very nice about everyone being together, doing their own thing. Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, I actually find it very cozy when that, I I think as a mom, I've, I've logged a lot of years getting to the place where kids can be pursuing their own interests nearby me in a, in a cozy fashion. So I fully enjoy it uh, myself. So, well, that brings us to the last question, which really is about what cozy days at home look like now. And if you have, if we have brand new listeners, my kids are almost nine through 13 and yours are almost 13 through young adults. So we have a lot of you know, older tweens and teens and young adults. So what, what does a cozy day at home feel and look like now for you? So here's the difference. I think it used to feel a lot like when my kids were small, it used to feel a lot more about me going to where they were. So for example, for a long time, all of our toys were basically in the living room. 
like all the shared toys. Like the yeah. kids had some in their bedrooms, but most of the stuff, like the bigger stuff that they play with was in the living room. So I'd be in the living room. I'd camp out there with my computer um, or my book that I was working on or laundry. And let's be honest, I watched a lot of children's programming back then because <laughs> it was on and I would just watch it with them. So I knew like all those shows, like I was very familiar. It was a lot of me watching Yo Gabba Gabba and snuggling uh-huh. with my kids. But now I tend to be in my space, the space I choose, which is usually either my bedroom or or the kitchen or often the kitchen during the prime family time, like during the time they're coming and going. But my bedroom, like on the weekends in the morning, I'm more Mm -hmm. likely to be in my bedroom. And then the kids kind of come in and out. And it actually made me think like, wow, I don't even go in my living room that much anymore unless we're going to in a very um, organized and planned fashion watch a movie together. I just. That's not where I watch TV. I bought a sofa just to create more of a family space and I've created it for them. They love it, but I don't use it that much. Just the way our house is laid out, the way I tend to spend my time and where I gravitate, there's just a lot of this, like I'm a room away and I can hear them and even yell to them. And then they're kind of coming in and out. And there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of coming and going for everybody. So a lot of, hey, mom, I'm running out for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or me. Hey, kids, I'm running out. I'll be right back. Like there's a lot of that. And it feels, it's just a different kind of cozy. It's still very cozy actually, but it's more like having roommates that I'm yeah. still responsible for. It's, it's very different. Yeah. That you need to keep alive. You well, said and that I'm like, they orbit, they orbit around me. So I'm like the, you know, the planet, I guess. And they're my moons. Is that the right? Yeah. I'm not sure that that's the right astronomical, um, reference. Uh, reference. Yeah. Thank you. But, but it's something like that. That's what it feels like. I think, didn't you tell me recently about a night where you all ended up standing around the island? So is, is it food that when, when, when they do come, when everybody's orbits do uh, intersect, now we're really off with this metaphor, but it, does it tend to be around food or meals? Just curious. No, actually, um, food is part of it. I mean, at some point of the evening, we all do gravitate either to the dining room, but more often the kitchen island and eat. But it actually tends to be more like one kid just got home and my kids do this thing where they literally walk around, like they pace around the Island. Mm-hmm. They're all pacers and they just will start pacing. And so one will come home and another one will hear that the, the brother is home and then he'll come into the room. Aww. And at one point when they were all, you know, now I've only got three as opposed to five under my roof, but they would all start to circle around uh-huh. and I would just sit there. Like I was in a washing machine. Like that's what it felt like I was in the spin cycle. And I would just sit there and be like, what is even going on right now? And they're all just walking. They're all talking to each other, at each other. I'm sort of involved. Like I might interject something, but mostly I'm just secondary. I'm just there. Like I'm holding the space, as they say. I really do feel like I'm the space holder. I don't, I don't, I'm not always crucial to every scene and that's fine with me. Like I want them to have strong sibling relationships. I don't need to be the center of the, of, you know, every time they all want to get together. And sometimes I just excuse myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, I'm no longer needed here. Bye-bye. But, um, but yeah, I, it's not food helps, especially snacks, like snacky foods help to, if you really, really want to get everyone like older kids together, you know, make some nachos or something, right. but there's also each other that draws them to that space. And I'm just there. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, I am, Quite a few years, not quite there yet. So even though we both have older kids, we're not in the same stage because in my house, I would say that so Violet's not quite nine. She would still like a playmate. We've talked about how she's very social. And um, with three, there was a there was an older pairing and then there was the Reed and Violet pairing, which has been awesome the last couple of years. But 
you know, he's leveling up too, as one does. So I would say there's on a leisurely at-home day, there is still parental guidance needed in like finding what is the activity and what is the the pairing of people that will make this feel like a cozy day. And and yeah. Violet's just high not high needs makes it sound bad, but she's like she's not the easiest person to have a cozy at-home day with, to be totally honest, because she really thrives on being entertained or entertaining other people. So she's less likely. She's just not a kid who will pick up a book and chill. I do have kids like that, but she is not one of them. So we're still in a phase where like, if we are faced with an entire weekend at home in my mom mind, I'm still thinking like, Oh boy. Okay. Like what's, what's the structure needed or what are the activities that would be fun? And how can I, how can I make sure that this is actually cozy and not torture? Um, another challenge for us, I think I mentioned this in a, maybe a pandemic related episode about teenagers, but I have really realized that a bored teenager is very different than a bored like six year old or eight year old yeah. um, who you can say like, go get a cardboard box and build me a spaceship. <laughs> like, you know, right. where like boredom is an opportunity to get creative for a kid like Violet. It's still challenging, but it's an opportunity. Whereas I've really seen kind of the darker side of a bored teenager who like doesn't really have enough going on socially. And that, that's a, this, that's a different topic, but it is a pan. It, it is a very much a pandemic related issue, I think. Um, and so I would not say that a, a cozy, lazy at home weekend for the powers family right now is not without its challenges, but the, the flip side, the good news is like going back to things like board games and movies and stuff like that. We really, there's quite a bit that all five of us enjoy doing together right now. And that is really fun. Like we play Boggle. We will do a puzzle. We we really enjoy a lot of the same like shows and media. So we'll watch something together. Um, I, I spent so much of my motherhood being really controlling about personal screen time, like things like playing a video game on an iPad or whatever. I was really pretty limiting of that. But what's cool about older kids is I am fine. My kids think like, oh, mom, you're okay with screen time. I'm like, yeah, if we're, if we're watching a movie together, that's very different in my mind than you watching YouTube for a hundred hours by yourself on a teeny device when you're like hunched over, like they look like they're going to disappear into the couch. It's like two very different types of Mm. screen screen time in my opinion. So, so that's been, I would say the fun part is I think, especially with COVID, like we had a lot of time with the five of us and there really are things we can find to do together that everybody enjoys, but it's not, it's not totally free and easy either. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you're still sort of in that middle place, right? It's like the, you've got the gravy years parenting and also like coming into the teen years, which is a little, it's like gravy, but in a different way. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's like an awkward transition because you've got some kids who are almost they're like independent and like some that are still little yeah. little kids. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, this was actually really fun. And I'm hopeful that when it airs, we will both be having cozy weeks, cozy times with our families. Yeah. So I, had, I think I, that the day this airs, it'll probably be my coziest day actually, because it's like the day before I'll have my kids back from their dads, but like it will be right before the family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't even know how to say infiltration (laughs) starts. Um, Yeah. So cozy day that I'm having today. Today. Peak cozy. Um, Well, I was going to ask you before we wrap, if you have any plans for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Well, um, yeah, this year, because we have like the family coming in from out of town, we're doing we're going back to our old big Francis family 
New Year's Eve get together, which is always fun and very big. And a lot of people. So, yep. And then New Year's Day is typically lying around watching like a movie or two with them. And just I, th- I think this year, because it falls on a Saturday, New Year's Day, mm-hmm. um, people will be getting on the road that day. It'll be a little bit different than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we'd have like a whole nother day, but I think it'll be more like just let's have a day of just relaxation and stuff before we kind of have to get back to getting ready for school. Oh How about you? Um, so we, I think I mentioned it now. I can't even remember if it was this episode or last week, but we decided to do a two night staycation at a local resort with some hotel mm-hmm. points, all five of us. So we will be together as a nuclear family of five, but no extended family. And we will be at a resort. So that'll feel nice. nice. We're, it That's hasn't great. been a, a holiday season of travel for us, which I'm glad about. I'm very glad. But it is kind of nice to end the year somewhere else. Like I will wake up New Year's yeah. Day like in a hotel and there, there'll be a nice pool. That's and- cool. It's like a fresh. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, speaking oh. of the new year, I wanted to mention a couple fun things coming up. So a week from today, the first Tuesday of 2022, we have an episode about cleaning products as one does, you know, start the year getting ready, getting clean everything. It up, guys. Yeah, clean <laughs> it up. Um, no, but that's always a topic that's really fun to talk about. It's really fun to hear what other people uh, like to clean their house with and maybe discover some new products. So we've got our contributors helping with that. And you and I will hop on on Tuesday to talk about our favorite cleaning products. And then next Friday, the first Friday of 2022, I am doing a voices interview with not one, not two, but three special guests. And I'm not even going to tell you all who they are, Ooh. but that you already know and love them. So it will be planning and goal setting and New Year's Eve related with some of your favorite people who are as nerdy about that stuff as oh I am. Gosh. And I'm, I'm not even going to say more. One. So, you know, <laughs> get excited. What a tease. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm excited about that one because it's definitely the time of year that if you haven't started thinking about planning yet, you're probably going to be there really soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, happy new year, everyone. Let's close out 2021. Megan, this was fun. It was a great year and we will talk to everybody next year. Talk to you in the new year. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mama or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.